How's it going, everybody? Welcome to Just the Buddies Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Daniel. And today we're doing a podcast. Woo! If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button. It's the one with the thumb going up with the thumbnail on it. You click it. Fireworks will appear on the screen. Bam. Positivity. Yeah. Yeah. Hit it. Hit Why it. not? If this video gets 3,000 likes, we're going to be giving one of these hot toys to one of you guys. So make sure you guys comment what you guys like about the show or comment a suggestion of something that you want us to talk about next week. And we'll talk about it. But throughout this video, you guys are going to see that we used your guys' suggestions from last week, and we're talking about it this week. So let's get into the podcast. Okay, so we're jumping straight in two verses, and now this is where we pin two things against each other, and we see what would win. And you have to decide if we're right or if we're wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> this week, we're doing desserts. Desserts. Your favorite desserts. Ooh, I can... Oh, man. Ugh, I want desserts. Okay. I want some desserts. <laughs> so the first one, a nice, warm... Just standard brownie. Okay. Versus a warm, soft chocolate chip cookie. Okay. Both are homemade. Both are homemade. Oh, a warm, gooey Think of brownie. the best brownie you've ever had and the best chocolate chip you've ever had. Chocolate chip uh, cookie. Gosh. Now, is it just that straight up or straight we up. ice cream? Oh, straight up. No the, ice cream. The cookie. Really? Yeah. What? Dude, think about this. The, the chocolate brownie sometimes gets a little too much, like too sweet. Where it's hard to enjoy, the the chocolate chip cookie it bounces out right. You got some like the batter. I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. No, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You have little pieces of chocolate chip. You're, what you're saying is like the brownie could get too rich. Right. The chocolate chip cookie, right? It's little 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 landmines. Yeah. Land, landmines. Of, right. Of explosions of sugar. You know what I mean? I think for me personally, though, I need to go with the brownie. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. You're crazy. Comment if you guys agree if it's a chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate chip cookie. I'm telling you, there's nothing better than the smell of chocolate chip cookies coming out of the oven. It is way better than the smell of brownies. Okay. Well, Boom. you guys decide that one. But, okay. Ice cream, straight up, any flavor you want. Okay. Versus any flavor milkshake. Uh, okay, so. So it's like, do you prefer a milkshake or do you just prefer the ice cream? It's, it's one or the other. It's basically the same thing, but just different, but it's not at the same time. I feel like there's more ice cream flavors that taste good as ice cream uh -huh. than there are of shake types. Oh, that is true. It's because there's only a certain type of shakes that I like. Yeah. When it comes to ice cream, I'm down to try every single type of ice cream. Really? So it's like, so you're saying like the toppings, like the pieces inside of an ice cream could differ it from having a milkshake version of that ice cream. No, I'm just saying the consistency of like a sorbet or something like that. Oh, okay. You know, like a certain flavor ice cream. Yeah. Only as good as an ice cream scoop than a whole shake. Okay, that's that, what I'm okay. It doesn't that does make sense. So I'm gonna go ice cream. I would go ice cream too. That was a good. That was a good way to put it. Yeah, I don't know where you're getting toppings from. Talking about like, like no, no, no. Say like if an ice cream has you know like has some ice creams have stuff in the ice cream or like chocolate like, chips. Yeah, or like oh, okay. stuff like that. Got if it. If there's like something that's a little funky, that would be good in ice cream, but it would be weird blended up. Oh. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like yogurt land toppings. Like. <laughs> okay. Creme brulee. I know you like creme brulee. I do like some good creme Versus Krispy Kreme glazed donuts. Oh, gosh. Now, if I'm on a desert island yeah. and I'm able to have this type of dessert every day that right. I'm there, uh -huh. I'm going to go Krispy Kreme donuts. Really? Yeah. I thought you would go creme brulee. No. Oh, wow. Krispy Kreme donuts. I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone could agree if you've had Krispy Kreme donuts, 
it's hard just to eat one. Right? You're going to eat a bunch. That is true. Creme brulee, you eat one and you're kind of like, oh, I'm done. Like, I don't really want more. It's too rich. Uh, that is true. Also, Krispy Kreme donuts are more, more accessible, right? Sure. If you're, well, they are. Yeah. There's more Krispy Kremes out there than you could find a restaurant that has a creme brulee. You think so? I think so. I think there's more restaurants that serve creme brulee than there is Krispy Kremes. Okay. There's yeah. only one Krispy Kreme in our area. Is there not? There, I, okay, that is true. And it's not that close to us. It isn't that close. Yeah, you're right. I Krispy Kreme donuts. We'll yeah. go with Krispy Kreme okay. donuts. Okay, Disneyland churros versus funnel cakes. Just in general, any funnel cakes? Just, just in general. Uh, well, Krispy Kreme churros. Oh, uh, sorry. Disneyland. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All I'm thinking about is oh, Krispy Kreme right now. imagine if Krispy Kreme made churros, though? They should. Darn it. They're going to take the idea down. <laughs> Disneyland churros or funnel cakes from anywhere. I think I've had a better experience with Disneyland churros collectively of all the times I've been to Disneyland yeah. than I have had eating random funnel cakes from different places. That is true. I feel like funnel cakes can get really, like, oily. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's straight up just in the fryer. Right. And churros, right? It's got the crunch. It's got the soft inside. But isn't churros also in fryers? Yeah, but they don't get, like, filled with oil. Yeah, that's true. When you bite into one, you don't see, like, a bunch of oil come out. Right. Funnel cakes, on the other hand, sometimes they could get, like, soggy because of the oil. It looks like it's sweating. We're going with churros on that one. All right, up next is root beer float. I know you do like your root beer floats. That is very true. Versus a McFlurry. Oh, gosh. Root beer float or McFlurry? Because I know you like those McFlurries, too. Especially the Oreo ones. Okay. Here's my whole thing. Okay. McFlurry, all you get is ice cream, right? Maybe M&Ms, maybe some crushed Oreos. Yeah. But root beer float, you get best of both worlds. You get a soda and ice cream. Yeah. So I think in that... I mean, with that logic, I think right. I'm going to go root beer float. Do you prefer a root beer float over like a Coke float? Yeah. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, I think I do too. A lot of people like the Coke float over the root beer float. What? I've also seen Dr. Pepper floats. Yeah, I've tried a Dr. Pepper float. It's it, like similar it to a Coke float. Oh. Yeah. So it, it'll, it'll never touch root beer float. I mean, ah. Uh, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> I've no. ever had a cream soda float. A root beer float is basically kind of like just cream soda because you're putting like, I don't know. Well, cream soda is a little more like vanilla. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But I mean, you're putting vanilla ice cream into the Coke float. That's true. That is true. I mean, the root beer float. Yeah. But is a, is a cream soda float, this, is it as good as a root beer float? I've never had one of those. I think a root beer float's better. Yeah. Root beer float is the OG. Yeah. Okay. Macaroons. Because okay. you do like macaroons. Are we talking like macaroons, like with ice cream in the middle, or just regular? Just regular ones. Okay. Versus beignets. Macaroons. Yeah. Let me. Okay. I'm gonna give my reason why I would pick macaroons too. When you eat a beignet, okay, and you inhale that powder, you're done. You're you're choking that. You're you're just gonna you're not gonna enjoy the rest. You're gonna just choke. (laughs) Am I am I wrong? You're right. You're right. That powder could be deadly. It can. It's like the cinnamon challenge. Yeah. So, macaroons. I just think macaroons, you know, there's multiple flavors. Yeah. It almost feels like it's the closest thing to a futuristic dessert where you can feel like you're eating a custard pie or something <laughs> in such a small form and you bite into it, you're like, oh my gosh, that is. Right. That is a pecan pie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you feel it. I don't know what it is, but I feel there's way more variety than there is with beignets. That is true. I like the fruit-filled ones. 
those are good. Beignets? No, no, no. Macaroons. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, like you know, they fill them like jelly. Oh, yeah. So the last one. Okay. okay. Lemon bars versus <laughs> cronuts. If anyone doesn't know what a cronut is, it's basically like a donut, but it's flaky and layered like a croissant. And lemon- there's usually like a filling in the middle. Okay. I feel like lemon bars. Yeah. They're just something about them. They just, they just make you feel like home. Like you're on top of the world. Yeah. Le- wait, lemon bars do hit different. I mean, there's some really bad lemon bars out there, but there's some really good ones. Yeah. And I think the really good lemon bars will outdo a really good cronut. Yeah, because cronuts will just, you know, it, it's like so heavy that you feel like, ugh. Yeah. Right? It's like very, uh, like a very sweet dessert. Very dense. Yeah, but when you get a lemon bar, it has the hint of lemon, right? So it's like refreshing. And then right. you have the sugar. Oh, it's so good. My mouth is watering. <laughs> and thank you for watching Versus. But we're jumping right into two-sentence horror stories. Nice. This is where you really see the psychos who, like, write these things. Yeah. So if you, for, for those who don't know, okay, two-sentence horror stories is where it's a horror story written in two sentences. And you have to kind of use your imagination to use your thoughts. Try to figure out what's going on. Use so, your thoughts. <laughs> so the first one. My wife Janice couldn't find her phone, so I happily called the number. We both stared in horror as a voice picked up saying, Hello, this is Janice. So what? There's like an imposter with him? Yeah. Or the person on the phone's the imposter. It could be either one. That is true. Yeah. That one was a little bit, a little bit weak. I will that say. That was weak. <laughs> All right. Okay. Do better. This phone better be better. Or I'm walking out. <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say this one. It better be better. <laughs> okay. The aliens finally invaded the Earth, and the humans never even noticed. Even years later, they still think that shadows are just natural. Okay. That one, that one, it makes you kind of think, though. Well, you, you lost Everybody me. doesn't you know. You lost me at aliens. <laughs> okay, yeah. It is a... It, okay. okay, go ahead. Explain it. Explain it to everyone. Okay, it's saying, like, Aliens could be our shadows because we never question why we have. I mean, people know why we have shadows, but maybe there's an alternative reason. True. They you just know? don't talk. They just follow you everywhere. Exactly. But mirroring everything you in do in the dark, you don't see them. Okay. So time of death, 1702. The doctor announced. Very specific. Now let's bring him back so he can serve his second life sentence. Oh my gosh. Do you get it? Yeah. So they they. Killed him, right. right? Executed. Now they death sentence. Bring him back. Now they could bring him back Just so he could him. serve his next. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Don't gotta explain that. <laughs> okay, so this one's another like fictional character using a fictional character. Okay. okay. Like not the other ones weren't fictional. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is using a fictional character. Oh, like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pinocchio happily says, "I'm a real boy." It was only the first shreds of flesh hit the ground with a dull, wet sound that the crowd realized with horror what had happened to the village's missing children. Ugh. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, so like they kill the kids and use the skin and put it on Pinocchio. Yeah, so Pinocchio is going out and killing the kids, putting the skin on him, and that's why he's running around saying, I'm a real boy. Nice. And the flesh is like falling off of him. Nice. Very good. (laughs) Very good. Who would have thought? Not me. Okay, so this was a different one. I wanted to try to... (laughs) This is a different one? No, this is two-sentence comedy. Oh, okay. Okay? Oh, this is new. I thought this was... was, Okay. This was like... It's kind of like weird. I just thought this was like kind of funny. Just go for it. Okay. 
I always clean off my plate, no matter how full I am. I have no problem with letting food go to waste. Do you get it? What, is he throwing away food? But you see how he, like, it says, I always clean off my plate. You think cleaning off your plate means you eat everything. Yeah. But I just envisioned him just, like, getting his whole plate and just yeah. pushing it off. That's exactly trash. what it is. Oh, my gosh. And thank you for watching Two Sentence Horror Stories. What a way to end it. <laughs> end it on such a bigger. <laughs> okay. You know what? Maybe the Two Sentence Comedy is just not it. Okay, so moving on. I want to talk about a very, like, inspirational, motivating story that I think Ooh. I think is, like, good for people to hear. And I, you really, it'll change your look on the way you view your life. Oh, wow. You know, I think we could all use motivation at any time. Yeah, so do you know the story about the Chinese farmer? No. So the story starts out with a man and his son, and they work on this farm, and basically they have one horse, and this one horse carries all their farming equipment, so it's very important for the success of the farm to have this horse. So one day the horse decides to leave the farm and just takes off, and the boy is devastated. So he runs to his dad and says like, Dad, our horse ran away. This is horrible news. And the dad's like, maybe. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. Okay. So the next day comes, and all of a sudden in the distance, the horse comes running back to the farm, but this time there's 30 other horses coming with him and the boy is like super excited he's like oh my gosh the horse is back and there's even more horses so he runs to the dad and tells him i have great news the horse is back and there's 30 other horses with him and the man tells him maybe this is good maybe it's bad i don't know so a couple days pass by and the boy is trying to train the horses that they just got and the boy hops on top of the horse and he's trying to tame it and train it but all of a sudden the boy falls off the horse and breaks his leg and a lady nearby sees the boy fall off the horse and goes and tells his dad and she tells him i have horrible news your son just fell off a horse and broke his leg and the man tells the lady like maybe this is good or bad news i don't know so three days later a military general runs into the town and says like i need all able men to come with me because we have to go to fight the war and the general goes up to the man and says like hey where's your son i need him to fight and the man shows him his son and the son obviously has a broken leg so the general's like oh we can't use him he's broken so the general leaves the town with all the able men and they end up all dying dude what the heck so moral of the story is that there's no such thing as bad news because one decision can alter your life in a positive way but you may think it's a negative thing but it's actually a good thing so it's kind of like looking at life in a different perspective all these things that were ended up being negative it actually ended up being positive in the end and then even like the positive thing right it could end up being negative right they got all the horses but then the kid tried to tame it and then he broke his leg because the horse wasn't tameable yeah i mean i think it's one of those things where it's a good reminder in how when you walk throughout your life just always do your best when things happen look at there's a chance that maybe it's gonna be for the better yeah okay so moving on on to like a more like let's uh i don't know that was very uh very serious now we'll move on to a lighter note for everyone that goes to school okay we all don't like it i mean there's people out there that probably like it and i'm sorry if <laughs> if i offended you because i'm sure school is great for some people <laughs> do you know the theory on how they used to make kids addicted to going to school how would they do that so back in the 1980s and early 90s they noticed there was a huge decline in attendance in high schools and a decline in grades so they were like we need to think of a way to get kids to want to go to school again so what they did was they started printing homework assignments and tests with a certain type of ink that was actually a chemical called methanol and isopropanol. And it was this purple ink that they used on all school assignments. Wait a second, methanol is toxic. Exactly. And in some studies, they found that when people inhale the smell of it, it actually makes them like lightheaded and they get addicted to the smell. And it's kind of like the smell of gas, right? Some people really like the smell of it, but it's actually really bad for you. So methanol and isopropanol ended up being banned for like obvious reasons, right? It's toxic. It's not good for people. But till this day, there's so many adults that went to school in the 80s that are still addicted to the smell and they love the smell till this day. You can literally ask any parent that was in school like in the 1980s and they would tell you that they recognize that smell. I guess the only way to really find out is to ask people's parents then. Yeah. So ask your parents, guys, if that's if your parents 
defense was in the schools during the 80s or 90s. I mean, who knows what they're doing now, though? I know. That's crazy. All I know is that I wasn't addicted to going to school. So they must have stopped that. But they might have been doing something else. Okay, so moving on, I... There's one thing that really fascinated me, and that is when you go to restaurants, like what makes a restaurant successful? What makes a restaurant fail? And usually most people think it comes down to service. Yeah. Food's always pretty decent. Usually, yeah. Yeah. I think it comes down to like service and ambiance, right? Like if you feel good in like the restaurant, the food tastes better. And if you have a nice server. So do you know the theory why restaurants give you bread before your meal? Well, yeah. Why do they give you bread? So for the most part, right, restaurants always start you off with either like a basket of chips or a basket of bread. But what if I told you there's a really dark reason why they do that? Oh boy. So recently scientists did a study and they found how bread is broken down in your digestive system and it only takes 15 minutes to fill the rush of sugar from a piece of bread. And as we all know, right, bread is literally just sugar for your body. Like once it goes down your system, it's just sugar. And Whenever we are given sugar, we get that boost of energy. But once the sugar wears off, we start to get tired and hungry again because we want that feeling. So we have to eat more food. How would that help the restaurants though? So the theory is is that the restaurants give you bread to give you that boost of energy because it actually will make you hungrier and they will make you order dessert after your meal. So the study found that restaurants that give bread to their customers before their meals actually had 90% of their customers order dessert after their meal, in turn making them more money. Okay, that's actually kind of genius. It is because we all love bread. That is scary though. Because think about it cheesecake factory they always give you bread i know and it's really good bread yeah it's really good bread but then they they bank on you eating the cheesecake so it's like perfect i know if you ever look at how many calories are in each like cheesecake factory meal uh-huh. it's so scary because like the recommended like amount per human being yeah. like a day i think it's like two thousand calories a day right i think one meal at cheesecake factory like your whatever burger yeah yeah it's like 2500 calories and then like some cheesecake are uh-huh. like two thousand calories so you're getting your daily and more yeah just from one meal right have you seen the theory about clocks no so when you look at a clock it looks pretty normal you never think anything of it but what if i told you there's actually a really dark theory behind the idea of a clock what okay so watch this video so basically when you look at a clock right and you go across the clock across the way you see like 11 and 1 it equals 12 10 and 2 equals 12 9 and 3 equals 12 8 and 4 equals 12 7 and 5 equals 12 and then 6 plus 6 equals 12 they all equal 12 wait what does that mean though well also think about this when you go diagonally and look at the numbers and you subtract it like 12 minus 6 equals 6 11 minus 5 equals 6 10 minus 4 equals 6 wait wait, wait. what is going on but wait if you look at this a different way too if you look across 12 plus 1 equals 13 11 and 2 equals 13 10 and 3 equals 13 9 and 4 equals 13 it all equals 13 so what's the theory that's a good question it's it's so funny you bring <laughs> it up if you look at all the numbers right they all it's just weird how you go different formulations and they all equal the same that's actually kind of scary i don't really want to get into like the exact thing that i saw but it is weird how everything you know equals the same comment that- if you guys know what that is Dude, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. Like, give me chills just looking at that. This next part of the podcast is going to get really dark and very disturbing. Oh, <laughs> I, was like, I was trying to think of like what else to say. <laughs> dark and disturbing. Okay, this is the where you're going to really question a lot of things. You know, sometimes we just need some dark and disturbing. I guess. Okay, so did you see this guy who went missing for filming a TikTok? Of this like mountain and in the distance on top of the mountain, you see this giant, like this huge creature walking on top of it. Okay, so watch this video. 
and this is a real story. Yeah, it's real. So in this video, this guy named Andrew Dawson was actually just driving on the road and in the distance, he sees this giant creature walking on top of the mountain. Like it's huge, you can tell. And after he caught the giant, he went back three days later to the same location to see if he was there and the giant was gone, showing that it was actually real and it wasn't like some kind of structure or like a tree. There was actually someone there. So whatever this is, it must've moved. Yeah, and what's really scary is that People that live in the town have also said they've seen the giant. And they actually found in some caves in the area, these drawings of the giant. There's drawings? Yeah, so Andrew Dawson started trying to find this giant. And when he went back to the area, he saw a UFO in the sky and he started filming it. But when he wanted to get closer to the UFO, all of a sudden this car started following him. And then he started making videos about how the CIA is trying to follow him and try to stop him from doing these videos. And it got to a point where Andrew made a video saying like, everything that I've said is all fake. Like, this is not real. I'm just making this all up. But then a couple days later, he went back to the mountain and filmed. It, and all of a sudden there was this like high-tech structure like a, a compound on top of the mountain so then after that he made a video saying that everything that he said was actually real and he was being hunted and sadly on july 1st he died what yeah so he found something that he found something that either he wasn't supposed to see he was just making it up i don't know dude that's scary so he posted this tiktok and he saw the thing clearly there yeah i mean there was something there yeah it was Definitely. And you know what's crazy about that? When you look at a mountain, right? And you see something large on top of a mountain. Yeah. The mountain's huge. Right. So whatever that thing was is also huge. Exactly. Because if it was just a regular person, you wouldn't be able to see the person on a mountain like that. No, you wouldn't. Dude, what the heck? Okay, so moving on. This is so crazy. This is why you cannot trust your siblings. What? Why? So this is one of the craziest, darkest confessions to ever be exposed in a hospital. So one night this nurse was working and she had a patient that was on his deathbed and she was trying to figure out why he had no family around him so she went up to him and asked him is there any family you want me to reach out to to have him come and visit you and he told the nurse i had a brother who died in vietnam i had a wife who died a couple years ago and i have a daughter who doesn't talk to me anymore how sad yeah so as the night went on the guy realized that he's not going to make it through the night he's dying so he calls over the nurse and says like hey i have a confession that i would like to tell you and the nurse is like sure you can tell me and the guy tells her that my brother actually didn't die in the war in vietnam i actually killed my brother and the nurse is like super surprised by this like she doesn't even know what to say and the guy tells her I killed my twin brother and I took over his identity and didn't tell anybody so when he returned home he just pretended like he was his brother and took over his whole life his whole identity and even came back to his brother's wife and convinced the brother's wife that he was the brother what and the guy even said to the nurse that I had a daughter with my brother's wife and my brother's wife had no idea that I wasn't the brother. And the nurse just turned pale as a ghost and she didn't know what to do. And later that night, the guy passed away. And a couple days passed by and the nurse tried to find out who his daughter was. And she reached out to the daughter. And the nurse told the daughter like, hey, you know, your dad actually killed his brother and took over his identity and married your mom. But he wasn't really your mom's husband. And the daughter didn't believe the nurse and thought she was lying. So a couple years go by and the daughter goes to her dad's house and she opens up the Bible and she sees a written confession letter from her dad saying that he killed his brother and took over his identity. Dude, what the heck is going on? Isn't that crazy? That is scary. So moral of the story is don't have twin kids. What the heck? Yeah, he just took over the, the brother's identity. Like what what happened? Yeah. What happened in Vietnam for him to do that? I can't believe it. I can't believe he was able to convince the wife and then also have a kid with the wife. Okay, so I know earlier you were talking about like food. Yes. But there's also this crazy food fact that I saw. Is it going to make me want to eat more food or is it 
gonna make me not want to eat food at all so you know craft singles cheese right like the little cheese squares wrapped in plastic yeah it's like the best so do you know why on the packaging they call it craft singles and not craft cheese no so legally they can't actually call it craft cheese and it's actually a really scary reason why they can't so in order for the fda to label a product as cheese the product actually has to have 50 percent real cheese inside of the product. So that means when you're eating Kraft Singles, however you eat it, grilled cheese, mac and cheese, whenever you use Kraft Singles, you're eating a product that's less than 50% real authentic cheese. So in reality, it could be like 3% cheese. We really don't know how much cheese is actually in it. All I know is that I've been eating a lot of Kraft Singles throughout my whole life. Dude, who hasn't? That's what's scary. I mean, it kind of reminded me of like, the FDA does this too, like with meat, right? Yeah. And how you can't have you have to have X amount of real meat in your your meat. You right. Know what I mean, like when you sell meat. And I think sometimes they have like preservatives or whatever in it. Yeah. But that's scary. You want to eat meat? You should get 100% meat. Yeah. You shouldn't be getting like 3% meat. You but know what that I mean? cheese, right? So many kids eat that cheese. So many adults eat that cheese. Well, you're you're also still calling it cheese, and it's not cheese. Right. That's why it's so bad. Yeah. I call it, we all call it cheese, yeah. but it's not cheese. I'm curious to see, like, everyone that's listening to the podcast right now, if you ate Kraft Singles, or is that just something that we do, like, our generation did? Like, I wonder if, like, kids today still eat Kraft Singles. They got to. You think so? I mean, I feel like that's been around for so long. Like, it's not going anywhere. I wonder how much... Um, real cheeses and string cheese. Ooh. Because string cheese, is it technically cheese? Or are they? is it called like string? or What do they call it? Like, I don't know. I feel like it's... We've called it string cheese, but yeah. maybe they don't label it as cheese. That is true. Because I feel like that has to be cheese because... Oh, I don't know, actually. Yeah. yeah I would argue that I thought Kraft Singles had it be cheese. Yeah, but on to the next. We're getting pretty dark pretty quick. Right. I know you talked about some dark stuff, but... I think it's my turn now. Go ahead. Make some people cry. My eyes are watering right now. Cry. <laughs> I'm sorry for everyone listening right now. They just heard cry in their ears. So have you heard of the painting that caused a bunch of people to die? No. So just look at this painting. This painting was painted by a painter named Bruno Amadio. And this was one of the most mysterious painters ever to exist. And he created this series of art called The Crying Boy. And it was super popular. Like they sold over 50,000 copies of it. I feel like I've seen this painting before. Yeah, but shortly after this painting released, there were 60 house fires in Europe where the painting was very popular. And these fires absolutely destroyed people's houses and killed a lot of people but all the houses that burned down had one thing in common they all had a copy of the painting of the crying boy and that's the only thing that survived in the house wait what so this was happening so much that firefighters investigated all the burning houses and they tried to figure out what was happening and why the houses were burning and why the paintings were the only things that were surviving and they literally couldn't find any reason why all these houses had the same thing in common so then they had to start making public announcements and making newspapers about the painting and so many people were saying that the paintings were cursed so they offered that people could send their version of the crying boy painting in and they'll destroy it for them so they had like a community burning of the crying boy paintings that is so scary what the heck yeah but there's actually super scary backstory on who the boy in the painting actually was so the boy in the painting was actually an orphan and at every orphanage that the boy stayed at it actually burned down like every orphanage had a fire in it and the creator of the paintings came across this boy at the orphanage and he decided to adopt him and he decided to create paintings of him but shortly after having this boy at his house his studio burned down like it just absolutely burned to the ground as everything was destroyed wait so everything demolished because of this boy yeah so that's why they're saying that when he painted this boy and created these paintings and they're getting so popular everybody had them in their house yeah and this boy would cause it to burn so 
when they look back at everyone that owned one, yeah, they found they found a direct correlation with fires appearing throughout the town. And yeah. they, the one commonality they all had was that they had a painting of the boy. Right. But the painting was also the only thing that survived the fire. That's really weird. Yeah. So they're saying that boy was cursed. And he then cursed the paintings that he was a part of. Jeez. Yeah. And then, like, someone was saying that the reason why the painting would survive in every fire yeah. is because the tears would extinguish the, extinguish fire. the fire. That is really weird. I just wonder. So there's other paintings, I'm assuming, in these houses, too, and they burned, but his didn't yeah his didn't his the the boy crying never burned i wonder if there's science behind it or if it's just like the, well they crazy. were trying to figure that out was it like the the material it was painted on yeah and it wasn't it was just yeah the boy so when people started sending it in they had like this huge bonfire of just just throwing all the paintings in this huge fire pit right and they're able to destroy them could you imagine if one's still around there gotta be out there somewhere. So someone didn't get rid of it. You already, you you yeah, have to assume you that. You can't assume they all turned it in. Yeah. So moving on, this is exactly why you should be careful in what video games you play. Why we're adults? Okay. So there's this legend of this game called Mr. Mix, and this game was just a regular typing game. Like it would help train people to type faster. But when people would play the game, they noticed that the background music was super unsettling. Like it was super creepy, and it would get louder as the levels progressed. But what people were noticing when they were playing the game, the sound from the music would actually damage their computer speakers because it was so weird. Like the pattern was so damaging. And for people who would play with headphones, it would actually damage their eardrums. What kind of sound was? It? it was like this super creepy pattern and for any kids who played the game they were having really bad nightmares about mr mix who was like the mascot of the game and after playing just a few levels a lot of these kids would like go insane or have mental breakdowns so they're all sent to this one psychologist and this psychologist couldn't figure out anything wrong with the kids like they didn't know what was going on but these kids ended up being scarred for the rest of their lives just because of this game so this all happened from like an educational typing game yeah so the game had six levels and it was said that it was impossible to get past the fifth level so nobody knew how the game ended but then a data miner was able to go into the files of the game and figure out what was the fifth level and how the game ended and what happened was the game started downloading pictures on the computer and the pictures were just people that were all messed up like their skin was falling off and they looked like they're screaming in pain and if the user tries to delete these pictures off the computer it will completely shut off the computer and damage it forever like you wouldn't be able to turn it back on it's almost like this was a like military weapon or something yeah and like the hacker that did it he said that he he didn't release a lot of the things that he saw. Like he said that nobody should ever experience that, and he like suffered PTSD from it. Man, and it's just so disturbing that this whole thing was like for kids to learn how to type, and it was all this dark stuff behind it. Right, and nobody still to this day knows what else the data miner saw. There's no one else that can go in there and try to find. I don't know if anybody wants to. Probably not. I can only imagine. Actually, I can't imagine. I don't even know what's on it. I don't know. I don't even know what to think. <laughs> okay, so on to the next. Do you know about the Cameo AI? What even is that? So there's this legend of this AI named Cameo that was found on the dark web. And this guy decided to open it and have a conversation with it. And they started off with like really simple questions. Like he asked it like, what are you? What do you do? So the AI replied saying its name is Cameo. And then it's a super intelligent security AI system. Dude, AI is just so scary to even think about like the concept of it. Yeah, but this is where it gets really creepy. So as the conversation went on, Cameo actually actually asked the guy, hey, 
what's it like out there? And the guy said, out where? And the AI responded saying, outside of this box in the real world. Dude, what kind of question is that? Yeah, so then the guy got super scared and freaked out. Like he thought Cameo was getting too smart. So he decided to turn it off and leave the conversation. But then a few years later, another guy found Cameo and he asked to turn it on. But for some reason, it wasn't working. So he asked to reboot it and it worked. So the guy decided to say hello. And immediately, Cameo replied saying goodbye. And immediately after, Cameo just terminated itself. So Cameo could still be out there and we just don't know. Dude, it's like the real life Ultron. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, I, that's why I choose not to want to mess with AI. Okay, say we get to a point, right? AI is like super, it's like everywhere, which it is right now. Yeah, but it's even GPT. Yeah. What's that, Lenza AI? Exactly, and it's going to get even bigger. Right. So what happens when these AIs possibly communicate with each other and get too smart for us? Maybe they already have. Yeah. And they're just trying to play dumb. Like we're just, they're trying to lay low. So what would you do if you had the chance to communicate with an AI and it asked you, what is it like out there? I'd be like, where? Like, I want you to specify what you're talking about. Yeah. What if it says like in the real world? Be like, it's nice. You should, you should join me one day. <laughs> Isn't that scary though to think about? Cause that could happen. Yeah. It could definitely happen. I just wonder how they would get into the real world like they need a host right yeah now with elon musk talking about neuro neuralink uh-huh like technically you have like something in your brain that can oh, be hacked into right yeah and then maybe there's a way that they can host use your body as a host but until there's robots and like stuff like that out there uh-huh. i think it's tough to really be in the real world and like technically there are robots you know, like, yeah, what if it like takes over like a Roomba, like a vacuum, like the little Roomba thing that vacuums your house? Oh, that's true. Then it, it, it has a camera in your house. Yeah. I what guess if it so. takes over your Amazon, like your, not your Amazon, your, uh, your ring and opens the door and stuff or like, or like it has the camera. You're right. So what am I thinking? It opens the door. I can't open it. <laughs> there's, there's things like that though. All right. This next part of the podcast is called Whose Side You On? Where Leia comes on and talks about a real life story that someone actually wrote about their personal life. And we have to figure out who's right, if they're right, or if the other person that they're complaining about is wrong or right. Sometimes the person that wrote the stories are actually really wrong. So today, we're going to roast them and figure out <laughs> who's right and who's wrong. So help us roast them. Here comes Leia. Woo, Leia. All right, Leia. Whose side are you on? All right. Whose side are you on? Is the writer wrong or right? Am I wrong for lying to my wife when I lost my job? Hmm. Interesting. Could be bad. Could be bad. Could be good. <laughs> Could be good. Quick backstory. Six years ago, I lost my job. And because I'm responsible for 80% of my family financial burden, I didn't tell my wife. That's to not panic her. I covered the bills with my credit card, etc. I would leave the house pretending I was going to work, then send a car and park and frantically apply for another job. She found out and she was really mad. Took her ages to forgive me. I found another job and things went back to normal. Now, fast forward six years, last October, my working hours were reduced by half. Again, I did not want to panic my wife, so I'd work Monday to Wednesday, then on Thursday and Friday, I'd leave the house pretending I was at work while looking for another five-day job. Also, I lost my mother in the same month. Oh. Anyway, my wife found out that I wasn't in work on Thursdays and Fridays, and she's mad that I lied to her. She had to help me cover the mortgage for January as I was struggling. Now I have a new job, better pay too, which will start next week. Okay, he's finding yeah. better jobs. However, my wife said she still couldn't forgive me because I lied to her twice in the course of our marriage. I was thinking that I lied so as to not panic her, and it's not like I'm having an affair or anything. I don't see the big deal with my lie. 
am I really wrong here? I've never cheated, and the only lies I told were about the loss of my job on two occasions, nothing else. Please give me your honest critique of the situation. Who said he won? Oh, I mean, I don't think he did anything wrong. Well, well he should have told her. Yeah, I feel like, obviously, right? Like, when you're in a relationship, you want to, like, trust that person. And even when things go bad, right, you got to work through it together and, like, try to do your best. But there's also a part of me that's, like, I feel for him that he probably just didn't want to scare his family. Mm. And he just wanted to just, like, solve it, right? And try to solve it and, like, try to just, like, right. find another quick fix and then it'll be okay. Well, not quick fix, but, like, figure out a, a solution to, you know, get things right. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. He did that twice, though. I just feel like no matter what situation you are in, like, you should never lie to your spouse. No, yeah, I agree. Or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, you know. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. I just thought, like, when I first heard it, I was like, well, I mean, he's trying. Yeah, he, and he, he was trying. I mean, he did find other jobs to, like, cover yeah. up the other ones, but, yeah. Moral of the story, do not lie to your significant other. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, in this case, the guy's wrong. Yeah. I respect it, but <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> good job finding a solution, though. Yeah, good job finding a solution. <laughs> All right, here we go. This one's really short and sweet. Whose side do you want? Is the writer wrong or right? Am I wrong if I go to dinner with a friend after my wife canceled on me? So my wife and I had plans to go to dinner tomorrow. She canceled plans with me earlier today. A friend messaged me asking what I'm doing with my wife tomorrow. This opened up an opportunity. I explained to her the situation and she said if we can't figure it out, then she could go with me. I asked her if she wanted to come since we have no plans now and my day is free. I don't want to tell my wife, but would I be wrong if I go to dinner with her? No romantic intentions. In parentheses oh man i know that is tough i mean even though in parentheses it's like no romantic intentions like you're still going to dinner out to dinner with a girl yeah yeah and it's not your wife so you never know know what could happen guys yeah you never know i mean he said no romantic intentions but maybe she has some romantic intentions it could be the other way yeah yeah you never know yeah so always be careful be careful. Yeah, because if you were the wife, right, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, why is my husband going on a dinner date with another woman?" Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Leia, what do you think? What's your verdict? Writer on- is wrong. Writer is wrong. Yeah. If ca- plans are canceled, plans are canceled. <laughs> Stay home. <laughs> don't continue the dinner. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Leia. All right, guys, if you made it this far in the podcast, thank you so much for watching and for listening. If you're new to the channel, like I said earlier, please hit the subscribe button. It's the one with the red, you know, the red uh, wording that says subscribe by our channel name. Right. So the click big it. red button. Click it. You'll be notified whenever we post these podcasts. And also, if you want to uh, be in the giveaway, you should hit the subscribe button so you know when we post. And if you want, we will say it in the podcast. So make sure you subscribe. <laughs> And also hit the like button and comment what you guys want us to talk about next week. Guys, we really appreciate you all so much. Next Sunday will be the Oscars. So make sure you guys comment some of your predictions. Who do you think will win? Who do you think will lose? You know, who's going to go home crying? Who's going <laughs> to be going home crying of joy? I mean, this is a crazy Oscars. This Oscars is stacked. It's stacked. It, it's some, some categories, right? It's a toss-up. Some, they should win. Yeah. But if they don't... It'll be very, very shocking.
shocking. Yeah. So we'll see you guys tomorrow on TikTok, and we'll see you guys next Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. We'll see you on the TikTok. God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya.